Imagine More is a weekly podcast that explores the stories, passions, successes, and failures of young, unconventional entrepreneurs. Chantel works to uncover the person behind the passion and unpack the ingredients of their entrepreneurial minds. What is it that makes them imagine more? Hey there, and welcome back to the Imagine More podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Today, I'm so excited to welcome my new friend, Ashley Jones, the founder of Love Not Lost, a nonprofit all over the world. So she, I I had an opportunity to meet her at a dinner and just fell in love with her passion and her drive and her huge heart. So I'm really excited to learn a lot from her and for you guys to meet her as well. So let's just dive in. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the Imagine More podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on. I know we initially met at a friend's dinner a while ago and um, to benefit your organization. And I was so, so impressed when we connected. So I'm so glad to have you on the show and have our guests listening in as well. Awesome. Thank you. Of course. So can you kick it off um, and just tell our listeners a little bit more about your journey and Love Not Lost um, and and what you guys do? Sure. Yeah. So try and give you the super condensed version. (laughs) Um, So my husband and I um, had a daughter at two months old. We found out she had a terminal condition called SMA, which is spinal muscular atrophy, really similar to ALS, um, things degenerate and there's no cure. So, um, you know, at the time, obviously that's like the worst news you can get as a parent. Um, But my husband and I knew, you know, okay, if our time is short, how do we want to live? And we made really intentional decisions to make the most of the time that we had together. We had some really amazing friends show up and support us well. Um, Obviously, we had a lot of friends disappear because it was just too much to handle or just they just didn't know what to do. So they didn't do anything and just disappeared. But Um, we had some really incredible people show up and, and one of those people were our friends from college and they gifted us a professional portrait session with, you know, with this professional photographer named Tessa who came and photographed our family just to preserve memories. And at the time, you know, I, I was a photographer myself and I knew how special those photos were. Um, but it wasn't until after Skylar died around 21 months old that those photos took on a whole new meaning and impact in my life. So really like, you know, Skylar died. I was a total hot mess of, you know, depression and grief and um, just hopelessness. And I was like, what am I going to do with myself? And I didn't want to get out of bed and Um, the only reason I did was to let my dog out. (laughs) And so it was like, okay, what do I do? Um, and so I decided to start my own business because the corporate world is not a friend of grief. I knew I couldn't go back to a corporate job. Um, but I knew I had to do something. So I started my own photography business. Anytime I heard of anyone facing a terminal diagnosis, I would offer to do a free session. And so that began kind of like this um, beginning journey of love, not lost. And most people took me up on it and we would do these really beautiful portrait sessions. Um, and I would 
end up giving like prints and artwork and photo books just because I'm a giver. Like that's my love language. And my husband was like, I love you, babe, but seriously, like we have our own bills to pay. Please stop giving it all away. Um, and so I was like, you're right. I'm, you know, but at the same time, I'm not going to charge a single penny to these families because I know how hard it was when we were going through it to not know when the next bill's coming, not know how much insurance is going to cover, not cover, you know, funeral expenses, all of that. So I knew that if I cared this much about it, um, that I could probably find other people who cared about it too, and who would join me in giving it all away. So that's when I began forming a love non, um, forming a nonprofit and love not lost was born. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story and I can't imagine, um, it, it feels any easier when you kind of dive into that, but I appreciate the vulnerability there. Yeah. Kind of. Um, I, so I'm curious. So now that it's a nonprofit, um, mm-hmm. how have you been able to monetize it in a way that feels right to you um, and makes sense as a, like a, I mean, does it have a for-profit arm to it to help subsidize like your living? No. So really like we have, I mean, it's all pretty much run on donations. So we've we've gotten a few small grants. Um, Northside Hospital was uh, our first larger grant. Um, they gave us a community grant last year to help us get started. And it's actually been a really beautiful relationship because they gave us $5,000 um, for the community grant. And then we were actually able to start partnering with them and have been serving their stage four oncology patients across um, different satellite centers and hospitals across the state. So um, that's been really cool. We've had just a lot of amazing individuals say, hey, like I lost a loved one and I so wish I would have had this. Like I'm happy to pay it forward to someone else. Um, We've had people that we've actually served um, kind of recover financially and and say like, hey, I want to be a part of actually doing this for other people so people can have the same gift that we had. Um, and then there are people who are just like, wow, I, they get it. They, they love what we're doing and they just want to help. And so that's been really special too. Um, as far as sustainability and, and profitability, um, you know, we obviously need to cover operating expenses. Part of that is staff. Part of it is software subscriptions and the things that actually run our business so that we can provide these free portrait sessions. Um, and then also the cost of it, like we do a really beautiful handcrafted photo album to every family that we serve. And um, again, like the families don't pay a single penny. So that's actually like, you know, expenses flowing out um, every month. And again, that's when we rely on our donors and we're actually starting to get corporate sponsorships as well. And that's really helpful to kind of cover the staff side. That's yeah, that's great. I I love what you mentioned about the pay it forward piece because I think Mm -hmm. I can certainly relate to that and just, you know, wishing that I had some of those moments as well and wanting to gift that to someone else. How do you spread that message? Like how are people learning about you um, and kind of creating that safe space to, I guess, even suggest like I would like to give this to you because I imagine there's a lot of emotions Mm -hmm. that play into that. Yeah. So when we started, it was really interesting to hear feedback. So 
from both sides. So there were people who were like, yeah, I want to give in honor or in memory of someone. Um, and we actually have the ability to do that on our website. So if you go to like the donate page on lovenotlost.org, um, once you click on the donate button, you'll be taken to a form that you can give in honor and memory of someone, um, which is a really special feature. But then as far as paying it forward, like we've had people who, you know, have donated a thousand dollars to cover a session. Um, and that covers like the whole session plus the photo book. Um, and, and so that's been really wonderful. And then we've had people who say like, Hey, like I maybe can't, um, you know, financially contribute, but I know of this family that's facing a terminal diagnosis. Um, what does that look like? How can I, how can I give this or tell them about it? Because a lot of times, you know, especially with heavy situations, it's really awkward to, um, to figure out like, okay, what's, what's the best way? Like, I don't want to offend someone. I don't know what to say. It's a little awkward. So we actually created some grief tools and resources to empower people to show up in those times, one of which is a gift to session certificate. So you can go on our website under, um, I think it's like the grief toolbox. And we have um, an empathy card, a care card, and a gift to session certificate. And so that's something that is almost like, you know, a gift that you can give that doesn't make it awkward because it's a gift. And so people can either receive it and cash in on it, or they can just like say, oh, thanks for the gift and then throw it away if they don't want it, you know? Um, and so we're working really, really hard to empower the greater community to show up for their loved ones in grief. Because we know like as an organization, Love Not Lost, like essentially when we show up to do a session, we're, we're kind of strangers to these people. And we have no problem showing up and we love doing it. And we love loving on people, but it's so much more powerful if we show up and their friends and family and community show up around them too. Um, and so that's what we really want to work towards is, you know, normalizing grief. Like it's not scary. Like people are still people and they want to be cared for and loved for. Um, and so, you know, our, our goal at Love Not Lost is to keep pushing out these tools and resources to empower you and the greater community to show up for loved ones who are hurting. I love that. Yeah, you mentioned um, at the very beginning that you wanted what, – what inspired you to start this company is certainly the experience that you had, but then also the realization that corporate America or the, a corporate environment would not be a friend of grief. Correct. Um, and – and so many of our listeners are business owners, starting businesses, creating a team environment, and culture is a big piece of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions for leaders how to – because life happens. I mean, there are going to be yeah. things for with our team that are the most important thing and should certainly be the priority. How can we support people well in you know, a, a, a time of grief? Yeah, I mean, I think – I think there are two parts to that. I think, um, well, one, thank you for asking that because I do think it's a huge issue that a lot of corporations don't address. Um, I mean, just look at a lot of the grief policies, the average is three days of paid leave. Um, and I mean, that means if someone, like if you lost a parent or a spouse or a kid on a Monday, you'd have to go back to work that same week. And I think that's just ridiculous. But um, I think a, a big part of it too is corporations 
um, you know, it's, it's all about the culture. And if you, part of it is creating this culture from the very beginning of, Hey, even though we're a big company, we still care. Like we care about our employees. We care about what's going on in your life. Um, so I think that's something that needs to be cultivated all throughout the process, whether you're hurting or not, just this attitude of leaders caring for their employees. Um, and then when actually something happens, being able to address it and say like, Hey, like this is so hard. And I know this is going to affect your performance. Like I care about you. I care about what you're going through. Like, please have this open communication with me and, and, you know, let me know how I can be there for you. But also as a leader trying to recognize, like if you have that relationship with that person, you'll know, or you should be able to know like how you can be there for that person. Like if, if that person has kids or if that person has a dog or whatever, maybe being more lenient um, for finding childcare or, you know, like taking a, a break to let the dog out or whatever, you know, whatever that person might need. Um, and then just, I think as a leader too, like recognizing when someone has a life altering thing happen in their lives, in their personal lives, it's going to come into the workplace. And like, as leaders, we have to know that if we have healthy people working for us, we're going to have a healthy work environment. And so really cultivating this practice of self-love and self-care and like community and relationships and people supporting one another so that when something does happen, it's not like the shock and elephant in the room that no one talks about, but it's like, Hey, like, how are you doing today? Like what's going on today in your life? Like, how are you feeling? Um, because that's going to change from day to day and just checking in with people and letting them know that you care, I think is really, really important and not just going silent and falling off the radar. Yeah, no, that's a really good point about really honing in on the today and not kind of making it a blanket statement or trying to generalize the situation because like you mentioned, each day will be different. I also really, I mean, the the grief of three days um, kind of paid time off and yeah, even just look, you know, maybe a first step for all of us is to make sure in our handbook, maybe mm-hmm. there's not like a hard policy because every right. situation will be different and just leading with, um, you know, it, it's case by case and we are here to help support however we can, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Let's yeah, just- and if you do, I was going to say, if a, if yeah. a corporate um, company like does have a hard number, I would really, really encourage you to at least bump it to five. Because again, like if someone dies on a Monday, that means they don't have to come back to work that whole week. And that is such a gift to give someone to like plan the funeral and not have to worry about anything work related um, that I think often, you know, people just don't even think about like, you know, what does this actually look like in someone's life? Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Let's switch gears a little bit. So I, I mean, from some personal conversations we've had, I know your mm-hmm. team continues to grow. You have an amazing board. Um, mm-hmm. but let's dive into the team piece. So how have you delegated some of the pieces that you probably held really dear to your heart initially? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, it's, it takes practice. It, it's really hard. Um, but I also know I can't do everything. And my vision for Love Not Lost is for us to grow to a national level um, with the potential to even go international. And so 
my I know that in order for Love Not Lost to see that vision as a reality, I can't do everything. And so it's finding people that I can trust um, who care and who have a standard for excellence that I have um, to train and share my vision and, you know, watch them take it on as their own to really work together to grow and, and reach our goals and reach our vision to take love, not lost to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I think delegating is hard enough. And then when it's mm -hmm. something so personal and such a, a came from a personal experience, I can imagine that being so difficult. Yeah. And we had like perfect example is like we had a summer intern this past, like he, his last day was just um, last week and he was with us all summer and he was a graphic design student from Clemson university. And it's the same program I went through. So I was really familiar with where he was at. And I gave him the task of designing our annual report. And like I said, my background was in the same thing. So I was graphic communications and it was really funny. Cause I was like, okay, most interns get like really crap jobs, you know, like you normally get stuck filing or like running errands or whatever. I was like, I am giving you the project that I have wanted to do for years. <laughs> like I like, this is something that is like fun for me and like, it's so exciting. I would love to create this gorgeous magazine annual report type book. And I was like, I just don't have the time. And so I'm giving this project to you and I'm really jealous <laughs> because this is something I would absolutely love to do, but you're going to need to do this. So Anyway, it was, it was good, but that was like, that was a perfect example of like something that I really wanted to do and I just, I had to let it go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is a big, certainly a big project and I, I'm excited to, to see it. Um, yes. I mean, speaking of things that so that is something that you're really great at, but speaking of things that maybe drain you, um, mm -hmm. have you, I mean, is there anything that comes to mind that you're really excited one day to soon to get off your plate? Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things. Um, well, so right now we have a, a part-time director of operations and her gifting is definitely administrative stuff. And that is such a gift to me because um, for the longest time, like just spreadsheets were my nightmares and like dealing with numbers and organization and, and that's just all not my strong suit. And I've learned and have grown in that area tremendously. So I can, you know, do a spreadsheet, like, I can navigate through them and I can look at numbers and I can, I can do all that now, but it's still not something that really excites me or brings me joy or anything like that. So, um, having Lindsay, our director of operations right now on staff has been really, really helpful because, you know, we've transitioned our donor CRM this summer and she's been huge in just making sure all the entries are the, are correct, that we're not going to lose any data migrating over and like handling all of that. And holy moly, that is like such a gift to me <laughs> because I, that is just like pulling teeth for me to like sit there and do that. And it would just take me forever and I'd be miserable. Um, so the fact that Lindsay's actually really gifted in that area and, and doesn't mind doing that, um, I mean, that's, that's how you want to build your team. It's like looking for people who have strengths that are different from yours so that, you know, you can all use your strengths to work together and, and move, move the vision forward. 
Well, she sounds amazing. That sounds like a horrible project. <laughs> but <laughs> so nice to hear that someone else loves that. I know. It's great. There are people out there who do love it. Um, so, I mean, you've casted a huge vision to mm-hmm. be national and international, um, which I certainly admire because it, I think where my strengths are just smaller, vi- I mean, small bite-sized visions with mm-hmm. like a very executable plan um, and a little bit more granular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe because it's less scary, I'm not quite sure, but I admire mm-hmm. the big vision. And how do you, how do you anticipate getting there? Well, thank you. Um, I, you know, um, my friends will tell you that the kind of joke of my life is the theme has become go big or go home, (laughs) but very unintentionally. (laughs) So, um, there've just been so many things that have happened in my life that tend to just kind of like blow up to a much bigger thing than I ever imagined. Um, love not lost is actually one that I intentionally cast a, a big vision for. Um, and that, you know, for me, I don't, I don't need to know how I'm going to work it all out. I don't need to know all the details of how I'm going to make it work right now. Um, and I think that's something that holds people up from executing their vision because I know like right now I can, I can grow love, not lost in Atlanta. Um, and I can probably take it to a few more cities, but I like, I'm not going to do all this by myself. There's no possible way. And so for me, it's like, okay, how can I get love not lost to the next step and then find people who can actually help me grow this thing the way I want to grow it. So perfect example was at the, the food through flowers fundraising dinner that we met. Um, Diane, Riffle hosted and she joined our board. And one of the reasons why I asked her to join our board was because she took Octane Coffee from idea to like this iconic, you know, really cornerstone coffee shop of Atlanta and then took it and started scaling it to other cities before selling it to Revelator. And so I knew Diane had the experience to help Love Not Lost at least jump over some of the hurdles that I have zero experience with to figure out what does it look like to take something to another state? What, what are some of the regulations or, you know, whatever. And I know Diane did it for a for-profit, so nonprofit's a little bit different, but there's still a lot of the same concepts and a lot of the same knowledge that's going to be really helpful. So that's a thing too, that I think when you're thinking about building your team, whether you're a nonprofit or for-profit, like finding those people who've been there and done that and can help you get to that next step. Um, and don't get overwhelmed by the grandiose vision of what you want to do. Like when, if I sat and thought about like taking it overseas right now, I might freak out a little bit because I hate, <laughs> I hate, like, I hate laws. I hate um, paperwork and, and making sure we're, you know, finding the right certificates that we have to get and, you know, business licenses and all of that. Um, but like that would overwhelm me if I tried to do all of that right now, but we're not there yet. And it's a process. And I think people forget to enjoy the process and take it step at a time, um, and get kind of frozen or overwhelmed by this greater vision when really it's like, just next step, just next step forward, next step forward. And then before you know it, you look back 10 years 
and you're like, whoa, we're a national organization. This is awesome. <laughs> nice. So 10 years, we're going to have you back on the show and you're going to say, yep. we're going international now. Um, yes. No, I think that's so powerful. Just, I mean, so much of having a business and staying motivated and kind of putting one foot in front of the other is surrounding yourself mm-hmm. with people that you admire and that know more and have different strengths. I think that's certainly very profound. How many people are on your board and, and how did you go about building that board? Yeah. So starting out, um, we actually started out with three people on my board. Um, the president was actually the, um, the husband of the couple who gifted us the portrait session. So Trey Bowden, um, was our president starting out. And I asked him because I knew he was someone who showed up for us and knew how to love us well, even though he had never gone through anything like what we went through. Um, And so I knew for my board of directors, I needed, starting out, I needed people who really understood how to love people well, how to care for people in grief and like got my vision. And so Trey was the president. Austin Grigg, who's a who's another good friend from college, um, he and his wife Lauren showed up like every month with dinner. They had had a little boy at the same time that we had Skylar, so they would bring him over and they would play together. And like, um, they were just so wonderful and in loving and serving our family. Um, and then Nicole Wedekin was was the third person that I added for the beginning, um, and she was actually a friend who met me after like right after Skylar died. And so I was like, if she could be my friend when I'm like at my lowest of lows, <laughs> like I think she'll be great in like loving people through grief and, you know, having, having the grace and patience and understanding to build these relationships. So um, on top of all of their emotional and, and personal health as people, they're also extremely talented. So Austin is the co-founder of Kalon Creative. Um Nicole works for um, branding agencies and is like super talented in strategically positioning brands and helping them grow. Uh, and then Trey was the creative director at Mount Vernon Presbyterian School. And they're all just really talented, um, forward thinking individuals. So that was important to me. Um, and then we've just added on since then. So Rachel, um, she's a senior manager at um, at a accounting firm. Um, we added Diane Riffle, who I mentioned before, co-founder of Octane, um, Berlin, Jessica, Megan. Um, we've really just focused on what are our needs and as an organization and who are people who can help us get there while also bringing in unique perspectives, their individual talents and skills, um, and their networks to, be able to help Love Not Lost keep growing. That's great. I mean, it sounds like all of their strengths certainly complement one another and they bring different Mm -hmm. perspectives to the table. What is the cadence in which you guys meet or talk or how you lean on them? Yeah, so we meet um, every quarter, once a quarter for three hours. We have a board meeting in person. And um, and then at the end of the year, we actually have a a day-long board retreat so it's like 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on a weekend. And we'll kind of like plan the strategy for the whole next year and really dive into planning and, um, you know, just like 
either launching new programs or refining things that we're already doing and new partnerships and, and just more of strategic planning. Um, but yeah, and then every March um, or every spring, next year it's going to be March 1st, 2019, is our annual auction celebration. So bringing together people we've served, um, you know, donors, um, people who are new to Love Not Lost who just want to learn more. Um, we, we do a, an annual auction celebration every spring to bring that together. And that's actually a really amazing way to kind of recruit new board members. So this past, um, this past auction, we had, um, three people come up to us afterwards and they were like, oh my gosh, we love what you're doing. We had no idea the depth of everything that you're doing and the programs that you're launching. Like we want to sit on your board. So that was actually surprising and, and a really fun way to get to know people and have them get to know Love Not Lost. Um, so we're really excited. This next one is March 1st, 2019. So we'll see what happens there. Well, that's really exciting. We'll definitely be sure to uh, hyperlink in the show notes too if people are interested in learning more um, about that. Cool. I only have a couple more questions for you, Ashley. And the first yeah. is, do you have any advice uh, for people that are interested in starting something and, and specifically a nonprofit? Yes. <laughs> um, so the my first piece of advice always is research, 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 because if there is someone doing what you want to be doing, it is so much easier to jump on board and help an existing nonprofit grow um, instead of going through all of the the intense paperwork and finances and and everything that it takes to get a nonprofit into existence. So like I researched for a really, really long time looking for organizations that were doing something like this and I couldn't find anyone. Um, there is an organization called Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, but they only serve babies who don't make it home from the hospital. And then there's this organization called Magic Hour, but they only serve cancer patients. And so there was this no, there was just no umbrella to serve just the generic, any age, any illness, facing a terminal diagnosis. Um, so that's why I started Love Not Lost. But I would have been happy to join another nonprofit to help them instead. Um, so definitely research, see what other people are doing, see what you can learn from other people. Um, my advice is really just like, I mean, this is, it's kind of simple, but like, don't be competitive. Um, you can be competitive with yourself and like growing, you know, comparing your, yourself to, you know, yourself yesterday, um, trying to like improve and be better, but don't worry about competing with other people because it'll just sidetrack you from your vision and what you're meant to do. So like work together and like, we're trying to work with other nonprofits who are in the grief, the grief world. Um, so that we can all kind of help each other out and help the greater community. Like when we can help each other, we can impact so many more people, um, than we could just on our own. So that's my advice. Um, definitely be strategic in who you ask to help and who you share your vision with. Um, I think people are the most important decisions you will ever make. And so 
I could give a whole lot more, but I'll stop there. (laughs) No, those are great snippets. Um, And then last but not least, to get you out of here at that 30 minutes, um, how can people get involved and or get in touch and learn more? Yeah, so our website, lovenotlost.org, is a great way to just kind of dive in and learn more. You can watch. We have a promo video and stories. Um, You can read about people we've served, like other families that we've served on our blog. And if you're a photographer and you want to get involved, we have an application process that you can get to from our website. Um, If you want to donate, if you love what we're doing and you want to support us, you can do that through the website. So that's all, um, that's all great. My email is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y at lovenotlost.org. I'd be happy to, to talk to anybody who either has connections that they want to introduce us to or just questions, any way that I can help. Um, let me know. I would, I would be thrilled to do that. And then social media lastly is at lovenotlost.org. So Instagram is a great way to stay in touch with us and just kind of see what we're up to and follow along in real time. Um, and then we're also active on Facebook and Twitter, but just not as much. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for being on the show and sharing your journey. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was great.